All right, good morning. A slip on the snowy sidewalk in winter is a small thing. It happens to millions. A fall from a ladder in the summer is a small thing. That also happens to millions. The slip or fall produces a subluxation. The subluxation is a small thing. The subluxation produces pressure on a nerve. That pressure is a small thing. The pressure cuts off the flow of mental impulses. That decreased flowing is a small thing. That decreased flowing produces a diseased body and brain. That is a big thing to that man. Multiply that man by a thousand, you can control the physical and mental welfare of a city. Multiply that man by a million, you can shape the physical and mental destiny of a state. Multiply that man by 130 million, and you can forecast and can prophesy the physical and mental status of a nation. So the slipper fall, the subluxation, the pressure, the flow of mental impulses and dis-ease are big enough to control the thoughts and actions of an entire nation. Now comes a man. Any one man is a small thing. This man gives an adjustment. The adjustment is a small thing. The adjustment replaces the subluxation. That is a small thing. The adjusted subluxation releases pressure upon nerves. That is a small thing. The released pressure restores health to a man. That is a big thing to that man. Multiply that well man by a thousand, and you can step up the physical and mental welfare of a city. Multiply that well man by a million, you can increase the efficiency of a state. Multiply that well man by 130 million, and you've produced a healthy, wealthy, and better race for posterity. So the adjustment of the subluxation to release the pressure upon nerves, to restore mental impulse flow, to restore health, is big enough to rebuild the thoughts and actions of the entire world. The idea that knows the cause, that can correct the cause of dis-ease, is one of the biggest ideas known. Without it, nations fall. With it, nations rise. This is the biggest idea I know of. <clears throat> that was B.J. Palmer from The Bigness of the Fellow Within, 1949. I don't want to see you raise your hands, but I could already predict how many of you are reading green books. Don't raise your hands. Right. If you're not reading green books, where on earth are you getting chiropractic from? If you're reading Yoakum and Rowe, right, or Sousa expecting chiropractic, you are in the wrong books. Now, certainly you must read those books, right? Pass the boards, right? I agree, absolutely. They're very important books. There's plenty of other books, textbooks you need to read. But I'm telling you, if you're not reading green books, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you're going to answer the chiropractic questions that will come up to you if you think you're going to spout out Green Book or Yoko or Guidance or something like that, you are wrong. Because nobody wants to hear that kind of stuff. What they want to hear is the truth. They want to hear the truth. You know, yesterday morning, as an example, one pregnant woman after another, not those plans just kind of happened. We have four pregnant women in a row. All three of them had breech babies. All, I mean, all four of them had breech babies. All four of them, the babies turned. And it's not because I said, I'm going to turn your baby. It's because I gave them a chiropractic adjustment to reduce subluxation. That's the point of what we do. That is the point of what we do. I am not a primary pain or spine care specialist. Right? You've heard about that, right? Is this unknown to the, you, do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Right, Wisconsin, 
right? I am sick of what I'm hearing about in Wisconsin. Primary state spine care practitioner. I am not a primary spine care practitioner. Like Dr. Rinkman says, I am a nurse doctor. I am not a spine care doctor. Now, I happen to do what? Adjust. And what do I adjust? The spine. So I can see the extrapolation in someone saying, well, I should be a spine care doctor because I touched someone's spine. But that's not what I do. See, I'm not a limited practitioner. A dentist is a limited practitioner. Not bad or wrong, right? But a dentist is a limited practitioner. They essentially work on the mouth. Maybe some of them work on the TMJ. But for the most part, they work on the mouth, right? This is their thing, right? A podiatrist is a limited practitioner. They work on the feet, right? Now, if you only think about the spine as this thing that goes from here to here, then yes, we are a limited specialist. If you only think about like touching the spine. But the difference is that chiropractic and chiropractors understand that we can do so much more than affecting someone's back. Right, when you have an autistic child come into your office who's three and a half years old and has never spoken a word and after a few adjustments starts speaking, that is a lot more than a primary spine care specialist, but I can't bill insurance for it. Do I care? No, because 80% of my patients, we do not bill insurance. I'm uninterested. This is an insurance thing. I want to be a primary spine care specialist so I can bill insurance, but I don't care about insurance. You can divorce yourself from most of insurance, if not all of it. It depends on what you want to do, right? I am not a primary spine care specialist. I don't care to be one. I have no interest in being one. And it's a shame that a chiropractic, a uh, bunch of chiropractors who are actually in the minority are trying to create this, but they're so loud and so strong, they're probably going to push it through. And you know what? They don't get the kind of patients that I get in my practice. They don't see the kids with torticollis like this and horrible reflux, and in a few adjustments, their heads are straight like this and no more reflux and no more torticollis. They don't see the pregnant woman coming in, bringing their, you know, with, with their babies in a breech position and a few adjustments, their babies are head down. They don't see them. They don't see the kids who are destined to have tubes put in their ears and a few adjustments, they never had another ear infection. They don't see them. Because there's no way, in my opinion, there's no way that if you had the kind of practice that I have, that you'd make legislation like this. You couldn't do it. It wouldn't make any sense. But there's another faction in this profession, it's not just in this country. There's another faction in this profession that wants to do away with the chiropractors. This is from a uh, Australian uh, newspaper called the Guardian. Chiropractors using unacceptable false advertisement, says Ward. I'll show you this. This is the part that really got me. I've had that shape. Of particular concern is the number of treatment claims in advertising relating to infants and children. 
Clay is suggesting that manual therapy for spinal problems can assist with general wellness and or benefit a variety of gastric syndromes and organic conditions are not supported by satisfactory evidence. This includes claims related to developmental behavioral disorders, ADHD, autistic function disorders, asthma, intolerance, bedwetting, ear infections, and digestive problems. Applicants and claims that are contrary to high-level evidence are unacceptable. Well, you know what? That's most of my practice. That's most of my practice. The only person who would do something like this is someone who doesn't see this. Because if you see this, you are thrilled. You are thrilled seeing baby after baby after baby, pregnant women, autistic child, ADHD. You're thrilled with this kind of stuff. Right? But if you're having a miserable practice because you think that being a primary spine care specialist is the be-all, end-all, and you think that the only way for me to become a really great chiropractor is that if I could even if I could just give him some drugs. Like every other doctor, I want to be like a real doctor and give him drugs. Well, then go ahead and make another damn profession. Get out of my field. Right? Get out. And if you feel this way, in this particular classroom, and I know there are some that do, I have no judgment against you. I have a judgment against what you say about what I do. Right? Because what I am doing is I am practicing chiropractic as a chiropractor the way B.J. Palmer intended it. They want to manipulate, so to speak, no pun intended, they want to manipulate what chiropractic is to what they think chiropractic should be. Chiropractic, using the word subluxation and the word chiropractic is antiquated. So, like what does that have to do with anything? Like the arguments that they're bringing up, I can't believe. I want to be able to be a primary spine care specialist so that I can help people who are in a lot of pain, I can give them drugs during that time period. Well, but if that's not the kind of person that I see, then why the hell would I want to be able to do that? And do you think, do you think that by any stretch of imagination that the 600,000 medical doctors want us prescribing drugs after taking 200 hour class, you know, worth of classes? Do you think that's what they want? Now, who wants that though? Aside from the chiropractors. The pharmaceutical companies, they're like, oh, yes, 60,000 more people to give drugs. This is great. Right, so the medical doctors probably don't want this, but they're not in control of the whole pharmaceutical thing. Right, it's, it's, a, it's the pharmaceutical industry that are in control of this, they're, and they're making a lot of this people the puppets, and they want to turn this, us into more puppets. Right, the osteopaths have already gone down that direction. Right, do you know the story of what happened to osteopaths? Have you heard that? Right, World War II, almost all the doctors, medical doctors in this country were, went overseas, you know, into Europe or Japan. So the country was left under the care of the osteopaths, who were very well trained, but they were not medical doctors. So when they came, they, all the GIs came back who were medical doctors after World War II, they said, you guys did such a great job. Would you like to join our field? And, all, and you, you'll become a full doctor, it's just you'll, you'll have gone to osteopathic school. And they're like, yes. 
This is just this is what we've been waiting for. We, this is what we've been positioning ourselves. And that's exactly what the chiropractors are trying to do. This is what I want right now is they are saying, we finally positioned ourselves the way the osteopaths did years ago. But my thought process is, why don't we position ourselves the way the dentists did years ago? Do you remember? I don't know if you guys are uh, old enough. To, you probably aren't old enough to know what I'm talking about. But when I was a kid, right, because I was a kid in the 60s and 70s. When I was a kid, dentists were a second-rate profession. Why did you go to a dentist in the 60s and 70s? There's only one reason, essentially. To get a tooth pulled or a cavity fixed. That's pretty much it. They had just started the concept of cleaning teeth. They had kind of just started that. But guess what these guys did? They banded together. They said, you know what? We got something that we can really start promoting with cosmetics and with uh, restorative and with braces. We got something, and let's like, get together as a team and really push ourselves. And it may take like 10 or 20 or 30 years, but if we really do this as a cohesive unit, as, a, as one unit bonded together to come up with something, then maybe back in, maybe when, they hit, when we hit the year 2000 or so, maybe we can really create something out of our profession. And did they? They sure did. Well, we're looking at the other direction, right? The dentists were looking forward and saying, what can we do to advance our field and to make us the most important field? And so people are going for it. I mean, I, when I was a kid, one in like 50 wore braces. Now almost every kid's wearing braces. It's almost like a rite of passage. If you're a teenager, you should be wearing braces. People who aren't wearing braces are like, what's wrong with you? You're not wearing braces? Shouldn't that be about chiropractic? What's wrong with you? You don't go to chiropractic? What are you, nuts? You don't bring your kids? I mean, you haven't tried chiropractic for your kids' ear infections? What, what, what planet are you from? Right? It shouldn't that be the conversation? But what the hell are we waiting for then? I'll tell you what's happened. Right? I've, been in this, I've been a chiropractor since 1989. I graduated from Life University in 89. When you, when, and I'm telling you, anybody who complains about anything in this school, you've got nothing to complain about. So I graduated in 1989. For 26 years, I have watched this profession be the most selfish profession I've ever seen. We fight each other and fight each other and fight each other, and it's dog-eat-dog -dog and stuff. And when are we going to come together and say, this is what we got, this is what we do, let's head this direction. Instead of everybody, it's like, in this profession, it's every man for, or woman, every person for himself. But in the dental profession, it's like we are a profession working together going forward. At some point in time, someone in this profession is going to step up the plate and figure out a way to get us to be together. Because if all your point is is to get out of school and be successful yourself, then you're forgetting that there's a profession that helped you be successful in the first place. We need more people to think this way. You know, B.J. Palmer traveled around the world three, four, five times sp spreading the word of chiropractic. You know, that's what we need to be doing. Not spreading the word about your office alone, but spreading the word about chiropractic. And our chiropractic can change lives. People come into your office, their lives are changed. If the laws, if, if this happens, in Australia, I am really afraid for what's going what's to happen. They start saying, you can't see kids on age six, because that's about 50% of my practice. 
And I'll still see him. I just don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know under what auspices we're going to figure this out. But I'll figure it out. Because I, I want to touch the babies. I want to touch the little ones. The younger, the better. Right? Neuroplasticity on high. That's what I want. That's the opportunity that I want. And that's what I want to share with you this quarter. Right? Yeah, we got pediatric diagnosis, and I got all kinds of great PowerPoints to show you. You know, 500, I think, slides I'm going to show you. And I'm going to teach you the best that I possibly can, the pediatric diagnosis that I possibly can. But ultimately, what I want you to understand, ultimately, is that you've got a much bigger job than just putting your hands on a back. Right? Anybody can do that. Anybody can put their hands on a spine. Your job is much bigger than being a primary spine care specialist. Your job is to change the life of every person you touch. That's the job. Right? And I'm telling you, if you're studying Sousa and you're studying Yoko Moreau and you're not studying something like this, then you're really not studying chiropractic. 